Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. All right. Let's read the scriptures together as we prepare to open God's word. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what's wrong with our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. It is God's way of preparing us in every way, fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to uh, um, share a little bit about um, my weaknesses today. All right. I actually do have a few. So um, has anyone besides me ever gotten in trouble at school? I don't go to school anymore, so I don't get in trouble anymore. But um, yeah, when I was in school, um, I, if believe it or not, I got in trouble for breaking the rules. And uh, and the main thing that I did wrong was I kept talking in class. And so teacher would take, and I think in one classroom, I sat in every single seat at, at one time during the year until finally my desk wound up next to the teacher's desk. And so I just talked to her, you know. <laughs> it uh, just something that something that I do. And... Uh, so I, I had to write on the, the board many, many times, I will not talk in class, I will not talk in class, I will not talk in class, yeah. So, um, you know, unfortunately, many believers, followers of Jesus, spend most of their time focusing on trying to make sure they're obeying the rules. It's all about rules. It's all about what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. And we get hyper-focused on what the Scripture says, which is all good about what's good for us and what's bad for us. And, and we got to stay in line. Because if we don't, there's a big chalkboard maybe that God wants us to write on and we're going to be punished if we don't obey the rules. Well... I, along with a lot of other people, um, kind of thought that's what Christianity was all about for a long time. As long as I could obey the rules, God would be happy with me. And so I tried desperately to make sure that all the boxes were checked, everything was done right. Now, there's nothing wrong with that except the focus is off a little bit. Okay? Um so in camping ministries, I used to be a, a director and speaker at camps. And when I was a director at camp uh, up at Heartland for several years, a lot of you guys were there. And uh, uh, we adopted a no-rule policy. Can you believe that? A camp with no rules? We didn't have rules. We had a get-to list. Okay? We just changed things up a bit. And what we did is we tried to focus on what is good? You get to do these things. These are things that, that are an opportunity for you this week. 
You get to be kind to your campmates, right? You get to go to sleep when the bell rings. You get to be at all the meals so you can have that fantastic food, right? So, so we did a get to instead of you have to. So I want to talk today a little bit about that. What the difference really is as a believer when we approach uh, the scriptures with an idea that God wants to impress upon us. That it's, it's not a have to life that he wants you to live. It's a get to life. It's a get to life. So um, we need to focus on our best interests and the best interests of others that God has in mind. And it ultimately is going to shape who we are as people and who we are then becomes what we do. Because what we do is a product of who we are, right? So let's turn to scriptures. If you've got your Bibles, yes, we're in Judges one more time and a few more times after this. But uh, we're going to read from Judges uh, 13, chapter 13, verse 2 through 25 today we'll be in. Now, um, there were a couple of other judges that didn't have much to say about them except they lived, they judged, they died. Uh, that was kind of between chapter 12 and chapter 13. And so... I guess it was okay during that period of time. There was no no big stories to tell or whatever. But uh, here now we have a certain man named Zora. Now that's not Zoro, okay? It's Zora, Zora, and uh, his his name was Manoah from the clan of the Danites, and he had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. And the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said. You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of of the Philistines. We'll stop there for a second. All that to say, God has a plan for everyone that is born. He had a plan for you to be born. You were not an accident. God, in his mind, before he planned the earth, he he planned you. He wanted you to take in breath and to live and, and flourish and have a great life. That's what he has in mind for you. And we have to understand that as his created beings, we are created in his image to reflect who he is to the rest of creation. Okay? So you're special. Uh, he's a loving uh, God and creator. And he wants us to relate to others as he relates to us in a very loving, kind, compassionate way. So God created you with the intent to be great. Not to do great things, but to be the great person that he created you to be. Knowing that if you were that person, great things would happen. All right. So um, let's go on here. It says you are going to give birth to a son. Birth is a miracle. 
flat out. Uh, we believe in life. We are pro-life. I'm not making a political comment here. All right. I'm making a comment that says that God is the one who ordained life. From the moment of conception, you are created by God for God to reflect his glory. And so we are we, we want to be known for what we are for, not what we are against. OK, and so we are for the life that God creates. We're also to be dedicated to God. If God was one who created us, the best thing that we can do is to give our lives fully to God. And as parents, some of you have recently have had kids. <clears throat> Others are expecting. I don't know, you know, everyone who's expecting, but there are some here that are expecting that I do know of. And I hope that you think first thought, I want to dedicate this life that has been given to me or us as a couple. Um, you want to dedicate that child back to the Lord. And many of you have done that. Janice and I did that with our kids. And we, we know that if this is a life given to us by God, we want this life to be for God. And so we dedicate our children back to God. And then it, it says, he will take the lead in delivering Israel. Now, they're actually, this is the, this is the precursor to, to Samson. All right. So if you haven't caught that yet, these are Samson's parents. And so here now he's, Talking, the angel of the Lord is talking to Samson's parents and he's saying this about Samson. He will take the lead in delivering Israel. I think God wants everyone that is dedicated to him, which should be all of us, to become leaders. To become leaders in bringing others to deliverance. To deliverance from sin. So we, in a sense, are created and commissioned by God and affirmed by our parents dedicating us to the Lord that we would be people who would be on the lookout for helping anyone and everyone come back into a relationship with God. And we do that by sharing Jesus, who Jesus is and what he has done by coming to this earth and dying for our sins so that we can what? Be reunited in proper relationship with God. So we should all take the lead in that. We shouldn't push it off on somebody else. It shouldn't be only the pastor or only the staff, right? Or only the people that you think are gifted as evangelists. Every one of us has people within our sphere of influence who need Jesus. And so what's the best way to bring them back into relationship with God? I think one of the best things you can do is you can say, you know, you are special. You were thought of and created by God to be here today. See, all you have to do is just tell them the truth. They're loved and created by God to have a relationship with him. And then you just share how you came into relationship with God, and hopefully they will respond as well. But we should all take the lead in telling the truth about how we were created by a loving God for a relationship with him. Verse 6, Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. Uh, I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, You will become pregnant and have a son. 
Now then, drink no wine or other fermented drink and do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again and teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. Lord, Help me with these kids. We prayed that a lot. Right? Uh, And, Lord, if it's too difficult, just take them back. You know, I mean, uh, that's always a possibility. Uh, God heard Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field. But her husband, Manoah, was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, He's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. So Manoah got up and followed his wife, and when he came to the man, he said, Are you the man who talked to my wife? I am, he said. That's very interesting. I am. Catch it? Okay. I am, he said. Are you the, uh, so Manoah asked him, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work? That's significant. Underline that. Rule. What's the rule? Right. The angel of the Lord answered, your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine other or, or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. It's interesting that the rule that would govern the boy's life and work was to be what? The example of the mother and father. Gets that? Parents, you want to teach your children to be raised up the way that God wants them to live? It's not about rules. It's about you reflecting the love of Jesus to your kids. See? Uh, I I grew up in a very rule-oriented family. All the do's and don'ts. I went to a very rule-oriented church. You have to do this. You can't do this. And that was the focus. But what it was lacking was when my dad would come home and he would cuss a blue streak, right? And he'd be mean to my mom. And would be very, very, very unchristian in his relationships with the family and other people. How he would talk people down and say mean things about people. Uh, And so what was I being taught? I've been taught, you obey the rules, but I don't have to. Right? Because I said the prayer. I asked Jesus into my life to save me of my sins, and I'm good to go. But my life is a wreck. You know the number one reason that we have a lost generation in the church? The kids will tell you it was because I didn't see at home what was taught in the church. This is very convicting. Very convicting. And so, yes, there are rules, 
that God gave uh, Samson's parents, but it's not just the rules. It's the example that we set that is the key. Are we living the kind of life that God calls us to live? And yes, we can see in Scripture what those, what those guidelines are, what the get-to list is, right? Are we living it out? Are we kind? Are we compassionate? Are we non-judgmental? Are we full of forgiveness? Are we full of joy, right? Do we treat each other the way that we want to be treated? With kindness and respect and love. And if we don't live like that, we can't really expect our children to live like that either. So the number one issue here is that we then set the example in obedience to God. Notice that it says, teach us how to bring up the boy what is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work. Kids need biblical rules. They need to understand what the Bible says. But what does Jesus say is the number one rule? Love God and love each other. That's it. And all of the other laws, all the other commandments, everything is built on those two Ideas. Love God and love people. And if you genuinely do that, all of the law and the commandments will be fulfilled. That's what Jesus said. And so we need to understand that, that if we are going to, to raise children in the nurture of the Lord, then we need to model for them that, that kind of love for God and that kind of love for other people. Even the people who speak ill of us, even the people who don't agree with our theology or our politics or whatever. We need to be kind-hearted, compassionate, full of love for everyone. All right? So the story isn't finished. Let's go on with it. Verse 15. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, we would like you to stay until we prepare a, a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord replied, Well, even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food. I think some people told my mom that sometimes, you know. We'll stay, but no food, okay? Uh, yeah, I love my mom, but, you know, she could have written a book, you know, 101 Ways to Cook Hamburger and Make It All Taste the Same. So um, I think that's available at the library. Anyway. But the angel of the Lord said that, you know, I'm not going to eat your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Manoah did not realize that it was the angel of the Lord who was speaking. And then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, what is your name? So that we may honor you when your word comes true. And the angel replied, "Uh, why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. There's another clue of who's really speaking. Then Manoah took a young goat together with a grain offering and sacrificed it on a rock to the Lord. And the Lord did an amazing thing while Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame blazed up from the altar toward heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell with their faces to the ground. And when the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Manoah and his wife, Manoah realized that it was the angel of the Lord. 
We are doomed to die, he said to his wife. We have seen God. But his wife answered, If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor shown us all these things, uh, or now told us this. Now, what what does this have to do with us? Well, there was an interesting uh, tradition and I think there still is to some degree in, in uh, countries that worship false gods. Um, in those days, it was, it was well known that if you could know the name of the God that you were worshiping, that you could control that God. Isn't that interesting? And so what, what does God say? God says, I am. You don't need to know my name. My name is beyond your understanding. In other words, God is saying, no one can control me. You know, so, so much of what we do sometimes as Christians is to, is to try and control God in a subtle way. Well, if, if I'm good and obey all the rules, then, then he'll kind of be in my debt, right? I, I gave a big offering last week at church. So now you owe me. There's some sense in in which we still retain this idea, and it's an evil idea, that we could somehow do something, say something, to control God. And a lot of our prayers, if we check them closely, come pretty close to that. We want God to do our bidding instead of laying ourselves out and saying, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? So much of our prayer life is a get-to list for us. What we want to get from God instead of what we can do in response to God giving us direction and how we should live and act in this world. So, um, when he says, my name is beyond understanding, he, he says another thing. This is great. It's too wonderful to grasp. I want you to know something. It's hard to actually believe sometimes. Just because we're human and we live in a fallen world, we assume because the world is fallen and, and certain things don't work out the way we would love them to work out, that it's God's fault. It's not. Sin is a product of human thinking of us wanting to do our own thing apart from God's thing. But the truth is, is that when God created the world, when God created mankind, he intended it to be what? Be good. He wanted us to flourish. He wanted us to to really enjoy the life of relationship with him and the world that he created for us. And so... So we have to know that, that, that living the kind of life, the way that God created us to originally live it, in deep love with Him and deep love for one another, that it is, it, it will produce something that is way beyond what you could ever think or imagine. Remember that verse? Okay. I mean, God, God wants to do something amazing. If we would just be the people that God created us to be. 
to really deeply believe that, that you are special, that you were created for, for God's pleasure, and that God loves you so deeply that he did everything within his power to restore that relationship through Jesus. You are an amazing person that can have an amazing life that's way beyond what you could ever imagine. If you choose to love God and love others the way he he wants us to. See, God wants us to understand who he is and what his character is. He doesn't want to kill us. That's not on his agenda. Right? If he wanted to kill us, he would. But he doesn't want to. What did he do? Instead of killing us, he sacrificed himself. What a flip, right? That's just amazing. It's amazing. So, he is our creator. Uh, He's the God who wants to give us life. And we are here now to spread that good news that God came, he created us to give us life, and now he wants to restore us to that life. He wants us to spread the word about that life that can just be an amazing life. Luke seven forty seven says this, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Talking about a prostitute, right? Uh, her, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. See, we need to embrace the fact that we are sinners saved by grace. And the best message that we have to other people who are, are seeking God, who don't have a relationship with God, is to, is to be uh, able to, in all humility, share our faults and our failings with other people. And we do so knowing that God still loves us and loved us by sacrificing himself when we should have been the ones who'd paid the penalty, right? And so when we are able to share that in humility... Just like this woman who had many sins, she loved immensely. Why? Because she had been forgiven so much by Jesus. You know, I think we all need rules, but what we need more is God. God is better than rules. God is not rules. God is the loving creator God, the father God that loves us. We sang that song this morning, right? I mean, wow. He's he's running after you. He is. And he's running after you to tell you once again, I created you. I love you. I will never stop loving you. I am here for you. And even when you think that you're not getting what you want, it's for your good. I want to do amazing things in you and for you, right? And so we need those rules. The rule of life is love. God gives us himself an unending love that we all need. So verse 24 says, the woman gave birth to a boy named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was 
in Manea Dan between Zorah and Estol. So that's where we're at right now. Now what's going to happen? We'll see. Okay. But the main takeaway today is what? God loves you. He loves you so much. It should just amaze all of us how much God loves us. All right? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for loving us. Wow. Um, it is so clear in Scripture of what you have done for us and creating us and thinking about us to make us who we are and to give us life and breath and the capacity to love you back. So, Lord, help us to take that in today. Help us to spread the word that we were created by you, for you, to love you and to love each other. Uh, let that be our main thing. And we thank you for the opportunity to love and serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com. Thank you.